episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 66. Well, guys, I'm still alive. Uh, I've crawled out from under the rock I've been hiding under, and I, uh, I do apologise. We've, we've had about a two-month hiatus. I think the last episode came out on the 26th of January, and... Uh, I'd like to uh, present you with some really good excuses, but I don't exactly have any. I'm just busy. Um, probably my main excuse is I, uh, I bought a two-stroke 300 motorbike and just became addicted to riding single track on a motorbike. And I've just been, you know, like pretty funny, like when you're a teenager and you get addicted to a sport, I, I feel like that again. I, I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. And I've actually entered a hard enduro race this weekend. So I'm going to go and, smash my body and my um my willpower up um at a race called the cosy killer um so if you're a sort of enduro hard enduro motorbike rider you might understand what that's all about but um yeah that's about the only excuse i can give you i i've just been busy and then one week turned into two weeks turned into four weeks and now here we are so look the biggest apology i need to make is to um jason whose episode this is because we actually recorded this back in january and I, uh, I'm sorry, Jason, that it's taken me this long to get it out, but um, it's here and it's a, it's a great episode. And, and as I talk about, I, I just love his stuff. So we're looking forward to sharing that one with you guys. Uh, what a shout out. There's, there's a whole bunch of guys that have kind of been contacting me over the last couple of months and sort of saying like, hey, you know, what's going on? Where's the episode? And, and I, I actually really appreciate that. I, I do like when people touch base and... Um, Ryan Solomon gave me a good dig the other day and uh, chatting with Phil Avramus today and uh, and I was like, right, oh, no more excuses, sit down and um, get this intro recorded and get this episode out. So here we are. Um, I wanted to put a big shout out to John O'Flanders um, at Pickup Trucks Down Under. We've had him on the podcast. He's got a really nice chef pickup and um, way back early on in the piece. But Jono runs an Instagram page. He's on Facebook as well, but it's Pickup Trucks Down Under. And he successfully um, managed to host a truck show. Well, a sort of a truck show. It was called the Meet and Greet. It was down in Melbourne in Thomastown on sun, last Sunday, the 20th of March. And, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to get there. I tried very hard to, but for me it was about 200 bucks in diesel to go for a cup of coffee. And my wife didn't think that was a good idea. And uh, now I really regret it because I've seen all the photos. And if you haven't had a look, go and check out obviously his Facebook or his Instagram page, pick up trucks down under. And uh, I don't know how many trucks are there. I'd love to actually get a number, but it, it looked like there was 30 or 40 trucks. Really good turnout. Really, really awesome to see everyone get together. So good job, John. Um, fantastic. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about the possibility of doing the truck show this year. It's still a little bit up in the air. Um, 
I'm one of those guys who who stood fast and I did not get vaccinated and I still have not had any vaccination shots and my life pretty much runs like normal. Uh, I had COVID. I had it for four days. I recovered. I'm fine. Um, you know, I just uh, not going to get political about COVID, but I think this whole vaccine thing is a bit of a beat up and I think the mandates are a joke and I really wish they get rid of them so I can get back to drinking in pubs. But the other problem right now is if I were to organise a truck show, I probably can't attend it. Um, which is a little bit stupid. So we'll wait and see. Hopefully that all clears up. Anyway, that's enough babbling. What I want to do is uh, get to this episode and uh, and get back on board and get some more episodes flowing for you guys. I've been doing a lot of work on uh, the 53 Suburban we're building, uh, just about to pick up the independent front suspension for it, which is all custom built with airbags. Uh, we've got all the falling here. We've got the LS. We've got a 4L60E. Uh, we've got all the... Um, Dakota Digital Gauges arrived. Uh, anyone that's looking for Dakota Digital Gauges for the early chefs in kilometres, um, I was told they were a 22-week wait, and I went through Adrian Cooper, Coop's Rod and Customs. He was, I think, episode two or three of the podcast, great mate of mine in um, in the Aubrey-Wodonga area, and he ordered a set for me, and I reckon they were here within about eight weeks. So um hit Adrian up if you need Dakota Digital because he's the man. So anyway, that build's ongoing. My truck is languishing because I am not getting paid to build it and that's life. But we'll get there soon. We'll get back into it. Uh right. So episode 66, this is Jason. I actually don't know Jason's last name, but his Instagram handle's at low 059. And uh yeah, I think you're gonna really enjoy this. Um uh, if you are just listening to this podcast, make an effort to have a look on Facebook or Instagram and check out the photos because for a um, for a bit of a mishmash truck, which this effectively is, um, it's a you know it's a fifty nine international AA one fifty, um, and it's got a you know fifty eight fifty nine Chevy Fleetside um, Apache bed, and you'd think it came from the factory. It just fits perfect. It looks fantastic. He's done such an awesome job. So. Without any further ado, um, let's have a listen to this episode. Um, and thanks for being patient with me. And there'll be more coming soon, I promise. Thanks, guys. Jason, thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. I um, sort of been watching your truck for quite a while, and and finally, great to get a chance to have a chat to you about it. So, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, doing doing pretty good. I um, had to rush here from uh, around at some friends' place. Um, she's Indian, and she cooks amazing Indian food. And um, we went around there at five thirty, and I was like, "Yeah, I've got heaps of time." And then, evidently, Indians don't cook real fast, so it's, uh, I had to rush you. But we made it all work. <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, no, it's, yeah, that's right. No, it was good there. Um, yeah, Jay. So you know, we we normally start at the start. So why don't you just give us a bit of a rundown on on what your early influences would have been as a you know as a young bloke, maybe before you get your license, and then run through, you know, maybe what sort of cars you had when you were younger and that sort of thing? Yeah, cool. So, um, Dad sort of started me off on cars. Uh, he had a EH Holden, um, which I have that now, but um, that he sort of done up over the years. and um, So, sort of like, you know, back in the 80s. Um, and that was just the thing. So, we used to go down to all the local car shows and um, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so I was into cars and then he... Um, he purchased a couple of American cars over the years and just sort of got into all that sort of stuff as well. And then um, by the time I was 16, about 
eight acres and then up to about eight acres. Um, a couple more acres and then sold them all off and then bought a VV Commodore. Wasn't stuck with a V8 and, you know, you turn 18 and your style sort of changes a little bit. Um, and then from there, um, sold the VB Commodore, bought a, a VN Commodore car, still got today. Uh, at the time, which was probably the wrong thing to do, but now it seems to be the right thing to do because they're worth so much. Um, and then from there, um, it's a bit hard over the years to sort of drive around a sort of you know, a bit of a work Commodore and stuff, always get pulled over and by the police, if it, even if you weren't doing the wrong thing. So I decided I would get a bit of a cruiser. Um, so I ended up purchasing a 55 Ford Victoria. Uh, from the States and had that for a few years. And then um, bought a couple of other American cards, uh, sold a couple, still got a couple. And then we came just in the States. Um, and I thought, wow, man, I wouldn't mind a, wouldn't mind a truck. I've always liked the Utes and that. Had a couple of Utes as well. And um, it sort of went from there. So looking for a truck and always sort of liked the... Uh, 58, 59 Chevs, um, the twin headlights. And, yeah, sort of went from there. And just, yeah, just browsing the internet and seeing what's around and what models are about. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I, I'm really interested in the Ford Victoria. Um, did you import that yeah. over yourself or was it already here? No, I, you know, I imported that myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was a, just a finished vehicle. You just brought it over in, in running condition? Yeah, so I, was, I bought it over. It was in running condition. Um, it, it was sort of a... Was, when I bought it, it was about a 12-year-old restoration on it. So it was about 12 years old, up, you know, when it was restored. Um, still had the original two, 292 Y block in it. Um, that was a bit smoky. So I ended up pulling that out, rebuilt that, uh, put a C4 behind it, um, bore Warner diff. I put an old-school McCulloch supercharger on it. Um, and airbag, just um, full air ride on it, and um, yeah, so sort of laid frame and really cool looking car. Yeah, I I grew up. Um, my old man bought a '59 Ford Star model custom line when I was, uh, I guess, pretty young teenager, and and that really is what launched things kind of for me. I, you know, we'd go to all the rod runs and car shows in in the custom line, and you know, it was a it was a pretty rare vehicle. It was a column shift manual which i think they only made 200 of that year and it was an aussie right hand drive build so yeah I, I got a soft spot for the the custom lines and the victorias they're uh they're a good looking car they are yeah again like everyone buying tri-five chevs and that's the long i got forward my uncle used to have a uh, 55 custom line aussie portal and um yeah i sort of i still like the the cousins and stuff like that so yeah and i'm buying a vicky and yeah i love it mate it's good I just I only sold it just to buy another car. So. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that you um, you pretty much spend your whole life in Holdens up until you bought that Ford. I did, and believe me, everybody rang me and cursed me, mate, and thought, "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh, what, right? old cars are old cars. They're all classy. They're all cool, you know. It's just a, it's sort of uh, it was sort of the difference between Holden and Ford for me was sort of from the eighties uh, upwards, you know. But before that." yeah yeah and that's kind of what i say about these old trucks you know it's it's the era that i love more than the actual brand you know like you've got that 
nice curve. You know, everything's got a little bit of attitude and, you know, from, from 100 metres away, you can tell what that vehicle is, whereas these days on the road, you've got no idea. Nah, that's right. No, exactly. Mate. You see a tailgate, you uh, might be a hole, it could be a Ford, and it's not until you ride up to it, you sort of go, oh, yeah, it's, it's that, or, you know, it's something else. So. Yeah, no, that's cool. So so tell us a little bit of the story about this international. So it was really interesting because I, I was um, flicking through your Instagram sort of trying to learn as much as I could before the interview, and, you know, it, it wasn't even a blue truck when you bought it. Yeah, well, I thought it was actually white when I purchased it. Um, so the, the actual truck come out from Glen Irons, like I just saw it on, on eBay. Um, yeah, I saw, um, a truck, an uh, international truck in a case of that model. I thought, wow, that looks really cool. Never seen that before. Cause they only come out in two years in that, in that shape. Um, so I found one in Glen Irons in New South Wales, um, on eBay. Um, so I took a punt, bought it, um, thought it was white, not blue. Um, Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing how 
the minute you get a project, you want to start working on it. Like I can imagine you being up till all hours of the night trying to get that cab off and, and kind of just feel like you've done something. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, um, again, it sat so long, so every nut and bolt, it was just near impossible. So I was just under it for grinding and cutting this and cutting that. And, you know, as you do when you first start a project, you get covered in crap and that. And I'm just going to go, oh, man, what am I doing, you know? Like, oh, fuck, do I want to go through all this stuff again? So anyway, but no, once I got the cab off, I uh, started making a plan and, um, yeah, like, you know, a lot of guys sort of sit there and say, I can do it in a weekend, but there's a right way and a wrong way. And um, and I learned that really, really quick, like, from, from day one, just sort of thinking, like, nah, this is going to be done properly because it's just, that's not what I'm about anyway. So I like to do things properly, not, you know, half-assed, basically. So, um, so yeah, started making up a plan and went from there and, yeah, started chipping away. So, so did you have a WB already that you could use or did you go on a bit of a search for that? Yep, so that same week I, um, the truck landed and decided, yep, I'm going to go ahead. I found a WB Ute and um, I bought that, um, bought that home. Um, and she was yeah, she was just a driver. She's a tidy, tidy truck, but just a driver. So I went and got all the um, suspension uh, bushes and all that done and ball joints, redone all those and brakes and put everything brand new. So the whole chassis was like it was when it rolled out of a sort of showroom, you know. Um, so that one, once I took the cab off, that was just things I didn't have to do. So I drove the WB around for about a month just to make sure everything was solid and everything was good on it. Um, and it came with a factory 253 uh, V8 in it. So it's actually really good. I actually enjoyed driving it. So when I decided to take the show off, it I was sort of devastated. <laughs> but anyway, um, I did it. And, yeah, and then... And I learned quick that weekend too. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll take the cab off um, and I'll get the other cab on. I should be able to do that in the weekend and get it all set up and, and just go from that. And hopefully, hopefully in about four weeks, I should be able to knock this out. And, yeah, as soon as I've got the, that cab off and put the international cab on the chassis, I'm like, yeah, I'm in for a long haul. So, <laughs> it's yeah. Nice, but, you know, it's good. Yeah, there's a bit of work. So did you end up using a tonner chassis or a, a ute chassis? One tonner. One tonner, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I do I do see some builds where guys will use the Ute chassis, but um, my understanding is the wheelbase kind of works better um, for these pickups with the with the tonner. So yeah, and and then you've got the chassis raised up in the back already, which makes life a bit easier if you want to get down lower. That's right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So so it's pretty much just got all stock WB two fifty three running gear still in it. No, so I've put a um, injected five liter from V and Commodore, a Turbo Seven Hundred. Um, the injected five is got a well, that motor used to be in one of my old converter in it. I've put a bulk water on the back, uh, LSP four eleven gears in it. Um, so she um, she gets up in place, so really good. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, cool. Right. So the bit that I think everyone freaks out about. Uh, which I think you've done such a great job on is the bed. So, tell us a bit about the story on on getting hold of that fleet side, and you know, they pretty rare piece of kit to find in Australia to start with. Did you did you find that here, or was that something you had to bring in? The tub itself, um, I was at so, uh, sorry, Bendigo Swap Meet, and a guy had a photo of it advertised 
at his site. And I was actually going to make up a, a rear pub myself, and I've always liked the... Yeah, he was a complete. He goes, yeah, just have that. And I said, oh, okay, cool, no worries. So I um, said, you know what, I'm going to make this work. So I ended up buying it off him, and it was only... Uh, turned out to be not far from home anyway, so I went to pick them up, and it was a little bit rough. It matched the truck perfectly. Um, so I mocked it up, put it on the back, and the, the lines of the Chev tub are perfect to the international. And I was just like, wow, that, that couldn't work any better. Like a, an, an actual international tub probably wouldn't fit as good as that, you know. Um, the only thing that was about 300 mil short. Um, so I ended up um, finding a wrecked tub out in Geelong. Um, that had been smashed up in that and really bad. So just cut some sections off that, extended that one, um, and made up a tailgate out of the front part of the bed uh, for the back of it. And, yeah, I bare metaled it and used the old um, sprayed, sprayed on some blue where, you know, to try and match the cab here and there and then just used the old um, vinegar and... Uh, What's it called? Um, oh, there's three three methods to it. Spray it all on the bare, the bare metal, and within a week, it started rusting up just like the cab. So, and um, probably about six weeks later, it was. Mate, it looked like it came out from the factory that way. It was, it was amazing. It was the first thing I've ever, the first time I've ever tried to do that, and it was just it's perfect, mate. It's just it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. So so you you painted on the areas where you wanted to paint to stay, and left everything else bare metal, and then just let it rust in. Yeah, versus trying to do the opposite where you paint the whole thing and then you're trying to rub it back, which, in my opinion, is pretty hard to make that look right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So if you if you touch my tub, it is, it's rusted. No different to the... So you can't put a sponge on your tub or on your cab because it just tears the sponge apart. So it's actually all proper surface rust. It looks like it's been that way for the last, you know, 40 years or something or other. So it actually turned out really, really good. And the cab itself, like I've done nothing to the cab apart from just you know, polish up the blue. Um, and, it, yeah, it matches really, really good. So, yeah, I thought I'd try. I've got nothing to lose. And back from there, it's a bit of work. Well, it's a bit of work putting the tub on. Um, but um, at the end of it, you know, obviously making up the frame to sit on the on the chassis. And um, I lowered the cab as much as I could sort of over the chassis. So, you know, I think it was about four inches. So that way I didn't have to – that way I wouldn't lose the ride height and suspension. Uh, the suspension is lowered, but then uh, probably about two and a half inches in the front and probably about, uh, about three, three and a half in the back. But then I've just, I've sort of just, um, yeah, lowered the body over the chassis to give it that, you know, real, real low look. And um, done the same thing with the tub and, yeah, it's rolled up a frame in the back and a uh, good solid frame and yeah, screwed down the timber to it, cut up all the timber and in the back and yeah it sort of turned out the way it is and yeah it's awesome it's it's low it sits really low it's sitting on about 105 mil to the lowest point of the car but everything underneath the car is tucked up from the exhaust and chassis and everything so the outer seals and everything that's in the car and the tub is other lowest points of the car hmm. no that's good and did you need to narrow the bed at all or is that just stock width and it just fits that nice believe it or not it is stock width and it is exactly the same width as the cab it's unbelievable. Even, you know, looking at a photo right now, you know, even that lip that runs below the door, you know, off the front fender and then it runs across, it just lines right up with the rest. It's it's phenomenal, isn't it? It's great. 
It, 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 it lines up spot on, mate. Like, I, I thought I'm going to have... When I thought first quarter, so I bought it all in pieces, basically. I thought, oh, I'll probably have to muck around with those lips and the, and the bottom channels to make it all look right. And, mate, they're, they're the same width as well. Like, um, say it's about, you know, it runs about 30 mil or something across the bottom, the bottom sort of seal line on the body. And then it runs up over the back wheel ice about the same width on the, on the tub as well. So it makes you wonder sometimes that these things are all made and fabricated. So... Yeah, no, it's really good. Even, you know, like the, you know, it's unmistakable that that Apache Fleetside bed's got that almost, uh, that center spear, I guess you might call it, that runs up the side of the bed. It it, it kind of mirrors what your front fender does on that truck as well. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, blows, it blows me away. It's it, it looks so good. So, no, I'm really stoked for you. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've actually got, there's a, a local, um, a semi-local junkyard that uh, I've got to me and there's three big old Chev trucks there that I need to go and pick up that I've bought off a guy. And they actually, he's got the same um, model cab as yours, exactly identical color and everything um, sitting there as well. And yep. And I remember when I saw that, I I remember taking a photo of it and then running through the Instagram to try and find a photo of your truck because I was like, I'm sure this is the same as this other truck I've seen. It was, you know, it was uncanny, but yeah. yeah. So it, it's an AA150, is that right? Yes. Yeah. AA151 was, yep. Yeah. And so it's, it's got like the... It's got the, the 150s and that. I just... Uh, I think, I think they're double AA150s, double AA160s. I think... It, I think it just means uh, the chassis size in it, or what they can carry and stuff. And yeah, that's right. Because there's a 110 as well. Yes, that's right. Which I think is a short body with a truck, a normal tub tray. I think or something like that. I think or short wheelbase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to what Chev do with their 3100s and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you see many other rinses like when you do the truck shows and things like that? Um, you know, like I know there's a. I've seen quite a few ARs around, but. It seems like the the AAs, you know, there's, there doesn't seem to be that many of them about. No, not at all. I haven't seen another one yet. Um, I know there's, um, I've seen photos of a nice one in Queensland, which is all all painted up nice and everything's yellow. Um, but apart from that, I have not seen another one at a show or or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty unique. No, that's really cool. Um, and so, is it on full rego? No, it's on Clubridge. Clubridge, yeah, okay, yeah. So you mainly mainly just take it out to the shows and, and the old Sunday cruise. Yeah, I have to work every now and again as well. It just depends what I've got on for the day. Um, like I don't try to, um, I don't, I don't baby. I don't stress about it. Like you know, your daughter jumps in the back of it and she runs around and plays in it, and you know we get out the boys, we go have some fun in it. So yeah, it's actually been a really enjoyable car just because of the patina on it. Obviously, everything I've had before has always been painted and. You stress about it, you go to a car show, you wipe it down beforehand, you wash it, you know, afterwards. And this has been awesome, awesome thing to have. And you know what? It gets, it sort of draws more attraction to it than most other cars have had. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know, I, I think at the moment, it's almost like people are sick of patina, you know, like it's such a current thing that I think people are like, oh, you know, geez, you know, it'd be good if someone painted a truck once in a while. But I, I just think that, yeah. You know, and it's funny how there's a, you know, I talk about this a little bit, but there's there's this whole idea that it's the lazy way to do it and that, you know, it's it's easy, whereas, you know, like you would have put a lot of time and effort into making that tub 
work and match and you know quite often trying to blend patina or do repairs you know there's there's still a lot of work involved in in keeping an original patina look yeah 100 percent. and you know what i've had a few guys come to the show and and sort of look at it first and go oh mate that's uh that's that's pretty cool and then go through it with them they actually start having a look at the car and they're like hey this is this is a full-on build i'm like yeah yeah this is this, this wasn't a five-minute build it's not apart from the paint job on the outside everything else is it's it's spot on. Like it's uh, like it, it handles and drives, and I'll drive that thing anywhere. I'll, I'll drive it across Australia, no problems at all. Like it, it is. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like it's a proper build, and um, yeah, it's just really good. It's just a pain a part of it, which sort of you know, some people might say let let it down, but also look at it and go, it's, it's a bit of history there. You know, I haven't changed it, so. Yeah, no, it makes it unique. It's like you know, let's say for instance, you go to a cars and coffee somewhere in a, a red '65 fastback mustang pulls in and then you go somewhere else and you see another red 55 uh, 65 mustang fastback you, you don't think it's the same car you just go there's another red mustang you know what i mean so when when you see that's something right. unique like yours it's like that's the exact same car i know it is because it's you know it's so unique and that's what i love yeah yep that's right mm. exactly yeah and exactly. And is this is this sort of your your last build? Like, are you just you're happy, or, or what have you got sitting in the shed waiting for you to find some time? Uh, okay, so I've got me I've got me two childhood dream cars, which are, um, are happening now. I've also got another trucking. Uh, I've also got another international cab too, exactly the same model, everything too, which I was going to jump on and do a different tray and stuff like that on that one, which I'm not too sure yet. I'll probably hold off on that for a while before I jump on that, but um. I've got a um, 54 Hudson Hornet coupe. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, which I'm partway through. Um, and that, I've got a that's going to be sort of proper sort yep. of lead sled style look? Yeah, yeah. So sort of uh, concentrating more on the sort of, um, yeah, sort of, you know, late sort of 50 style. So um, I've sort of... Um, I've done most of the sh- chassis work on the backs. I'll be airbagged. That'll 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 wave frame that thing, and um and then it'll all be done up just sort of you know French headlights, um, nice paint job, nice little fifty style sort of tucking roll interior. Um, yeah, so it's a two door coupe, so which is which is nice. There's, you know, there's, only, there's only a handful in Australia. I'm not too sure how many fifty fours, but yeah, between the those sort of those areas, those sort of dock huts and areas, there's, there's only a handful in Australia, so it's just pretty cool. Um, yeah, I always sort of want the Merc. Um, but my dad had a 54 Hudson Australian delivered car, and um, he sort of said to me, he goes, hey, have, have a two-door Hudson, never thought about it. And, um, yeah, that was one of those cars that are a bit hard to find over in the States, but um, you're either done up and they're too expensive or they're too far gone, and this one is sort of, you know, not far from being too far gone, but she, she's good now, so, yeah. And and what's the other one? Uh, 41 really no, oh, cool. Yeah, so that's what I. Yeah, you got you got a you got a good eclectic style, haven't you? Oh, everything I have is different. Oh, I should have just stuck to a Tri Five Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> that's boring. Yeah. yeah, I know, but everything everything else is probably hard to get parts for. But look, you find the right guys. Look, having the internet now and Instagram and uh, Facebook and stuff, you know, you're able to find the right guys now uh, throughout the states or or, or the world and. You know, get your bits and pieces that you're missing now, so which is really, really good. Yeah. And did you say that you you've sold the Victoria? Yep, I sold the Vicky to buy the Willys. So the Willys is a um, 41 steel coupe, 
Um, so, yeah, so as a car, as my childhood car I've always wanted, and never thought I'd get one because, you know, there's a lot of fiberglass cars around that you can purchase all the time. I thought, oh, I'd love to get a steel one, but they're just too expensive. And then one come up, funnily enough, just around the corner from my house, and um, went out to look at it. said, all right, I'll make it happen. And, yeah, so got rid of my Vicky, had a couple of other cars and that. You know, stuff you sort of buy and keep in your shed that you're never going to get to. So uh, sold a couple of cars and, yeah, was able to buy it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I think once you get into the scene, you never just got one, have you? <laughs> like everyone you talk to has got no. something's tucked out the back there, and we'll get to that one next. And then, yeah, it's like those memes you see where you know the guy's looking over at another girl, and you know it's it's like oh, you know the project that you're working on, and and an old shit bat, shit bomb you've you've seen in someone else's paddock, and it's so true. Like I. I'm, I'm a sucker for it as well, yeah. Mm, that's classic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it, mate. Yeah. And, yeah. I should have gotten into awkward and stuff, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they say that, don't they? Like, you, um, get your kids in a cars and they'll never have a drug problem because you can never really afford it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it, does, it keeps you busy. Like, I always say to, you know, a few mates of mine, they love it, and they're like, oh, I should get something. Like, if your heart's not in it, and you're not prepared to put the time and the money into it and try and do a lot of things yourself. It's not affordable. Stay out of it. And, you know, just enjoy your friends one day because they're the idiots that have got them. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't, but, do it, um, don't do it to make I, money. I, 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 yeah, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and, and that's what I've always sort of done. I've sort of, you know, I've... Uh, yeah, you know, I bought things I've liked, some things I didn't like. So I've just, you know, if I have sold, I've sold it just to fund something else, or or to buy something else. You know, it's never been a a business sort of side of things because, like you said, you yeah, you've got to. I get too attached to things. So when when you get too attached to things, you don't make money off them. So yeah, I I find myself I I buy like I had a Chev pickup tub that I bought that you know so I had that sitting out there and I was going to maybe use it for selling and then I had couple other things here and there and you know they're just they're the right price you see them on marketplace you just grab them and and you kind of sit on these you know you end yep. up with six or seven things that oh, you don't exactly know what you're going to do with them and then something else pops up like for me it was a um a gmc suburban in america a, an early one popped up on marketplace and i was just like holy shit i need five grand us and i need it right now and so i I, I had like a, a yard sale, everything that was in my yard went for sale that weekend and, you know, like magically I had the money and I was like, this is awesome. I just sell this, sell that, you know, yep. I'm not using it anyway. And and so, yeah, it's funny. My I would think that my wife would think that I'm a lunatic, but, you know, I, I often buy a vehicle off a farmer at a, you know, fairly good price because, you know, firstly they think it's scrap junk steel anyway or whatever. And then, you know, you get to pass it on to someone else as a project and you make a bit of money off it and, and it just sort of helps to pay for your projects, and you know it's great. I don't even think I don't even think getting the things the fun part. It's finding it like the hunt. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that, and that, that's been most of my stuff as well. And, and again, exactly like yourself, you know the things I turn over just keep paying for me to you know, keep moving ahead of everything else I've got. And same deal with my wife. You know she she probably thinks I'm a little bit crazy <laughs> saying that, but she supports me <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have what I've got, you know. So, um, but I'm able to, to have what I've got because, yeah, you just sort of, you know, you buy the right thing sometimes, and you're able to, um, 
turn it over quickly to buy something else when it, when it does come up, like you said, you know. Mm, no, absolutely. And, and are you a member of like a car club? Like, you know, you've obviously had nice classic cars for a long time. Do you sort of, obviously you've got historic plates, so you must be. Whereabouts are you based? Yeah, so I'm in Blackstone. Um, and um, so I'm, I'm part of just uh, the Crown Customs, which we're, it's, just only, it's only a small club, just friends and family. Um, so, yeah. And do they do they do like cruise days and things like that? Like how, how involved is the club? Um, so, no, we don't sort of really do that um, stuff. We did at the start. Um, and then it's just, yeah, like, you know, a lot of members don't sort of into that. They're into having uh, the cars or bikes, but not into some, some of them learning to getting stuff out. So we just, um, yeah, keep a very small, small members very, that, that join and every now and again we catch up, but we don't, don't, don't really do anything. We probably spend more time out at other people's clubs and we do it for our own. So, mm. yeah, yeah, cool. Um, another thing I was going to ask you that, that I didn't see, any good pic- pictures of? Maybe you might have to send me a few. But um, what what have you done on the interior of of the interior? Is it you know you you've painted the interior and it's all all nice and clean and that sort of thing? Yeah. So the interior again, I um I cut and polished it um all all inside and it come up beautiful. There's a couple of little you know rusty spots that sort of bled out from joiners stuff which looked good. Um, and then I had the um seats. Roof lining, um, the um, door trims and sun visors all done in like a um, like a leather sort of vinyl look. Um, uh, what do you call it? Checkered, checkered sort of pattern. Yep. Um, done the seats in that. Um, just some carpet. The shifter itself is a uh, like a BM shifter, um, but I cut the whole base off it and. Welded the original handbrake to the shifter, so the actual so the lever and that works and pop. So, and it's oh, it's probably about five hundred long, so it sort of fits just underneath the dash. So that does all the gears and that, so which is really nice. Um, runs the WB handbrake on the side of the seat, so it's tucked away, so you don't sort of see that. Um, running the WB steering column. Um, which is all just painted up same colours of dash so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stand out. So that's all sort of fit in there. Uh, I've got the WB Holden brake assembly in there and that's sort of grafted into the original international setup, which is under the dash. Yep. Um, and then that, that mounts up to the WB Holden brake booster in the engine bay. Um, I've used all the WB Holden loom through the whole car as well. So I've tried to keep as much of the WB as I can in there, as well as the international. So, um, and then yeah, just basically yeah, VM Commodore running gear, just motor motor box and diff. Um, it sort of works out. Um, yeah, it looks works out really really good. Looks all looks like it's meant to be there. Um, battery still in the same place. The original battery on the back firewall is still there. Um, Still using the international radiator, just had that uh, rebuilt, um, and the international fan shroud. Um, Stanford Bay looks yeah, pretty factory. Still using all the inner guards and everything, just cut up, cut out nicely around the the WB suspension. Um, what else? What, what about your, your dash cluster? Was that you know? Did you just 
tidy up the original Inter stuff and use it, or have you gone something that's digital, or, or how have you done that? Yep, so all international. So Speedo, Speedo had a Speedo cable made up to go from the Turbo 700 to the back of the um, Inter dash. Um, so that all works, and I've just got a couple of extra small gauges just sort of on the bottom of the dash, just, you know, obviously for oil pressure and, you know, stuff like that. Um, stereos in the glove box. Otherwise, yeah, you look at you look at the dash. It's a factory original international dash. Just got a little uh, little wood grain steering wheel on it with the um, you know it's grafted sort of the uh, international horn in the middle of it. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of work um, just to make it all look right and fit right and like it, you know it's meant to be. But um, I'm really really happy with it. It all, all works well. So I'm still using all the original. International door locks and window winders. Um, so they all still work. They all still work good. Uh, even the locking mechanisms all work good. Um, on those are like the American style. So there's only a key lock on the passenger side, and nothing on the driver's side. So when you lock the door from the inside, you've got to get out the passenger side. Yeah, um, yeah. My chef's the same. The my chef's the same as that. Chef's back. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah weird. Yeah, when I first got it, one. No door locks. Well, that, that's strange. I'm like, oh, there is on the passenger side. I'm like, what the hell is he going to work? So, yeah. So, I guess the question I like to ask people, and I think it's always good for people listening to sort of to hear an answer to, but you know, if you got in the magic time machine, you went back to the the cabs rolling off the semi, you know, the the trucks rolling off the semi into your workshop for the first time, you know, and, and you know what you know now, would you do anything different? Uh, would you have any tips for anyone doing that project to maybe make life a bit easier, or do you, or do you think the way that you've done things and the WB chassis and and the whole design, you know, has worked really well, and that's that's sort of you're happy with it? Yeah, um, I probably can say it's been the most enjoyable build I've done. It took me about six months, but it's been probably the most enjoyable build. build. Uh, what I do say, if people do buy any old trucks. Um, well, me, I found it really good and really neat is I, so like off the international chassis, I cut all the original mounting hardware off the chassis itself, off the international chassis, and basically just grafted all that into the WB chassis um, and worked the trick. So I just bolted up, bolts up to the, to the holding chassis, no different to what it did to the, um, uh, to the international. So that was, just, that was, you know, a good thing, I, I think. Um, the engineering guy that's going over it said, yep, that's perfect and looks really, really good, So, which is awesome. Um, anything else I would change? Um, no, look, probably not. Like I said, it's, it's an enjoyable build. You've got to put a lot of thought in these things um, to make them look right. Just sort of say to people, measure 400 times and hopefully cut it once. <laughs> yep. but, um, it's not straightforward. Nothing is, um, and just being prepared to, you know, take things off ten times and put it back on. But just yeah, just if, if it seems like it's not going to work or it's getting too hard, walk away from it. Go back the next day and it just becomes easier. So sometimes you need to just uh, step away, have a think about it, have a sleep, and get back onto it. And um, yeah, it ends up working out good. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck on one thing too long and it, it does your head in, doesn't it? Like it's good to 
I've found if I get a little bit stuck on my chassis work or I'm frustrated or I'm waiting for a part, you know, you just go and weld a bit of a floor in or do some body work for a bit until you get bored of that and then you come back and you're still progressing the build but you're not driving yourself mental. That's right. And they can do that. Uh, you know, as much as you enjoy, enjoy you know, doing stuff and that, sometimes just get to march. Sometimes you probably shouldn't be out there doing stuff, you know. You probably just need a break and a rest, you know. So, um, and I look to, to be honest with you, building a, a team style truck, and I, I love original patina. I'm not one for airbrush stuff and things like that. I mean, you know, each of their own, and I don't knock no one for everything they do. Um, but it's just that's just not what I sort of like, and um, I just think if you've got something that's original patina, it's really enjoyable because you don't have to stress, you know, too much about, you know, if I ding that or I scratch that when you're doing stuff, you know, compared to a painted car, and um, yeah, so and I just think yeah, just go for it, mate. Don't be scared. It's only feel at the end of the day. That's it. Yeah, I mean, build build something and drive it. That's that's what it's all about. I um. Totally idiot moment. I was driving my forklift at one stage and I managed to just nick the edge of the front of my hood that was sitting in the grass. And so I've got this little dent, yep. little dent in the front of the bonnet that, you know, it's, it's from me with my forklift. It's, it's like not even part of its history. Well, yep. it is now. And, you know, I was so dirty on myself at the time. I was so pissed off. And then now that it's kind of all just rusted back in and blended and I'm just like, oh, well, it's just another part of the story. You know, <laughs> like it's always going to be something I'm going to laugh about. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's, um, you know, it's funny. Sometimes before I go to a car show, like, oh, I'll just give it a wipe down and a little bit of a clean up. And then my daughter will come out to bare feet and jump around all the back. And obviously because it's, you know, like a, it's, it's sunburnt, her footprint shows up on the, on the rusty spot. <laughs> and you can't sort of get it out. But I'm like, uh, turful print so you know who cares whatever it's part of the story mate so um but no they're good fun they're stressful but they are good fun so you know especially you know friends and you know get out with friends and family and things like that so yeah no for sure um the other thing i didn't talk to you about is is wheels like uh what are they 20 inch steelies you got on there they are 20 inch steelies yeah yep um so they were from Detroit wheels are claiming them for some reason. I don't know why. They've seen me photo and said that they're wheels. But I actually got them from a, uh, a bloke down here, which I can't find anymore, but Steely Wheels & Co. Yep. Um, which he was, he was around about, about three years ago he was around or something like that. And then I can't find them now. This is only under a different name or something rather, but they're 21 nine and a half in the back and 21 eight in the front. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I really love you. You know, you've got the international hubcaps on there, which just gives it that classic look. Yeah. They obviously weren't on the original truck because it would have had, had big uh, truck rims on it. Where, where'd you source those from? So from the States. Um, so they come out in the American internationals of the same era. Um, and, yeah, so they're hard to get um, and getting more expensive now. Um, but they do reproduce them. And they are like... Oh, my ones are all original old ones, and I just when I find a single on eBay, I just buy it and keep them spares. Um, but there's a mob in Queensland that um, stock them now. They come out from the states, and they're about two grand for a set of four. <laughs> no way. So a bit ridiculous, but I'll, yeah. So I'll keep finding old ones, and I'll just keep stocking them. I reckon I've got one, eh? Yeah, there you go. I, uh, I've definitely got an international yeah, hubcap, yeah. and I it looks pretty similar. I'll have to. Um, I'll dig out a picture of it tomorrow and send it to you to see if it is because um, 
If so, maybe I'll send it your way. Yep. Did you see that photo I sent you of the uh, yep. the other cab? Yes, I did see that somewhere. Uh, did you put that maybe, have you done eBay, uh, sorry, uh, what do you call it, an uh, Instagram yeah. page or something yeah. like that on there? Or? Yeah, I posted yes. it up once yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I've seen it on there, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go, yep. Yeah. That's classic. Uh, that, that, that's, in, that's in Vic too, is it? Yeah, it is, yep, yep. And uh, hope, yeah, there you go. hopefully the next couple of months it'll be in my yard. I um, I, I, it took yeah, me quite cool. a bit to talk this guy into even selling me the old Chev trucks because they're a little bit rougher, and um, I'm just going to kind of yeah, wait until we've exchanged a bit of money and, and got a bit of trust, and then I'm going to try and push him because he's got, he's probably got 20 old trucks on his property, and um, there's some cool ones there. Yeah. That um, he he's at least a, he's a guy who's actually fixing and restoring them, so I kind of. He's not one of those guys oh. who who says he's going to do it and never will. He sort of is actually doing it, but he's he's doing them. Yeah, he's he's on the wrong side of seventy years old, and you know he's not going to get to them all. So I managed to get a few off him. Yeah. Mm. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there, there is a couple of uh, there is a couple of blokes like that that are around that are they've got a lot there, and you try and talk to them, and they're like, "Man, I'm not interested, son. We're going to fix them up." And it's like, mm, "I'm not going to fix them all up," you know. Yeah. I know, I know it's hard to fix them up, but I've only got, I've got three that I fixed up, and you know, I sit there and I go to myself, I'm 44, and go, well, we're gonna get enough time in my life just to get it, get them all done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of those old guys, you know, I just, as I travel around, you know, if I know I'm in the area, I'll, I'll just drop by and say good day. I don't, I don't really hassle them enough that I'm saying, oh, come yeah. on, you're gonna sell me that truck, but you know, I just make sure that they know that I'm still there and I'm interested in, you know, I, I quite often um, I've, I quite often will say to them, look, here's my number, I'm going to throw it in the glove box. Um, if you ever change your mind, there it is, you know. And, yeah, so that's how I ended up with my Chev yeah. truck. It, it, it wasn't for sale when I first went and looked at it and, and about a year later the guy gave me a ring and, and said, oh, look, you know, we've changed our plans. Are you still interested? And I, I jumped on it. So, yeah, it doesn't hurt just to keep, keep your, your hat in, you know. Yeah, definitely. There's a guy down at um at Wallen, and he's he got a lot of trucks as well. His uh, family's been out there for years, so they've got. A, they used to be a Chev dealer, Chev truck dealer. Um, so he's got quite a few. Uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, late, I uh, sort of early fifties to sort of fifty four, um, trucks and um, a couple of internationals and Dodgers and that. And I stopped in there one day and just. But I'm, you know, it's knocking the door, and you know, just just see what they're about. And um, he's an older guy; he's in his seventies as well. And no, he turned out to be a real nice guy. Like, I, I asked him, I go, do, you, "Do you sell stuff? What do you plan for?" I guess, mate, because I'll sell everything as long as you know no one's out pestering me and the prices are what the prices are. Oh, beautiful, no worries. So he ended up taking me around the whole place, showed me everything, and yeah, that's just good to know. But um, yeah, I think if you approach people the right way, that um, yeah, you might get lucky, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, they're still out there and, you know, I speak to so many people and they're like, oh, you know, you, you can't find these trucks anymore. And I'm like, well, you can. You just, you got to go for a bit of a drive in the country, you know, and you got to head out, especially, you know, it's like plow discs. People say to me, oh, you can't find plow discs, they're rare. And I'm like, well, you can't around where I live because we live in the mountains and no one plows. But if you head out to the flatlands towards New South Wales, you know, like there's plow discs everywhere and, and it's the same with old trucks. If you're looking for an old truck, you need to go to where there's big farms that used to cart hay or stuff like that, you know, because that's they use the trucks. And um, what I'd love to do one day is, is 
try and find some information from back in the 50s where the different dealers were. You know, obviously one town would have an international dealer yeah. and, and most of those farms in that area, you'll probably find international trucks. And then, so you want to find, you know, if you're looking for that's a right. Ford, you need to find an area that had a, a big Ford dealership and then that's where you'll find the Fords and, you know, a little bit of homework and, and all that information is probably available on the net if you know how to look. So, no, it's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the, the hunt for these things, it'd be awesome if it'd be a full-time job, you know, and just get out there and do it, you know. Um, you know, you watch a lot of these programs and TV and sort of they do and you think, oh, that's life, mate. That is the life. Yeah, I, I think you only ever get to see the good days when you watch those shows. Like They, they probably spend weeks on end getting nothing and just driving yeah. around, spending a lot of money on fuel. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, like, I, you, know you watch the American Pickers, those guys, and... And they, they rock up on a property and they walk past like five or six amazing trucks that I would just die to own. And they don't even look at them. Yeah. And I'm just yelling at the TV going, whoa, what about that one? What are you doing? You know, and they're like, oh, no. Do you have any old, you know, milk jugs? And I'm like, give me a break, mate. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look at this old picture of this old artwork. And thinking, oh, that is the last thing I'd be looking at, mate. There's no value in that. But obviously there is. But yeah, like you said, what they walk past is what you want. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. Cool, mate. Well, look, hey, it's been awesome chatting to you, and um, definitely look forward to um, you know maybe. Were you at Bright Rod Run this year? I don't think I saw your truck there. I was there, um, but I didn't take nothing up. I just went up to the family. Um, didn't plan on taking anything up because I thought, oh, again, yeah, obviously during COVID, I didn't think much was going to be up there, but it turned out to be an awesome bright rod run. So <laughs> I ended up um, meeting a few guys down there and had a bit of a chat and then said to them, this is, I've got to get out of here. I can't stay here. So we ended up spending a few days just away from Bright because I was just devastated to take this truck up. So, <laughs> yeah. um, But it was, a, it was a really good turnout. And then it sat down Saturday night, I think it was. Yeah, rain yeah, Saturday night. But um, yeah, you, you up there, were you? Yeah, I, I live in Mount Beauty, which is just over the valley, and and so yeah, I just um, go over there and sort of get together. We actually ended up having a bit of a a truck, sh- unofficial truck show on the Saturday. I think it was on the Saturday, and um, yeah, we had about twenty or so trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, there you go. And that was up near the Oval somewhere, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, where the where the um, hang gliding guys all land. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, another thing I said to mom is, "See, I should have bought my truck up." And she's like, "No, no, you said you're gonna stay with family." I'm like, "Oh, I was, I was devastated, mate." <laughs> there you go. So you organised that. Oh, that's cool. What, what, you, so you've obviously got a truck yourself that you get around in. Uh, well, not yet. No, it's um, it's still in the build. It's it's what you might call a long term build at the moment. But uh, no, I've got a 1950 Aussie Chev truck. Um, that's a uh, it's a jewelry. It's got um, like twenty-two inch Alcoas on it with a Cummins, and uh, yeah, it's all a, a patina awesome. build. So yeah, it's um, unfortunately not not quite on the road, and and probably won't be this year. But you know, every day it gets a little bit closer, and um, you know, it's it's just time and money, as you well know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you know, it's a nice nice part of town up that way, which. Um I'll be moving up there in probably a few years' time. A couple of years, I've got a block of metal for it, so. Oh, yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a good area, that's for sure. Cool. So if people want to check out your truck, um, you're on, you've got your Instagram, which is at 
low 059 and um you do you have a facebook page and that sort of stuff as well or you're mainly just on insta no, nah, it's mainly just Insta. I, I, I'm in by Facebook, but I don't put nothing on it. I just purposely just on there to find the missing bits and pieces that I need for for my builds. Yeah, I think that's me too. Like I don't, I just don't seem to post on Facebook at all anymore. And and my wife goes nuts at me because like yep. if I scroll through my feed, it's just all truck stuff. Um, mainly, it's mainly for sharing the podcast. You know, like when when I put a podcast episode out, say it's a Chev that we've done an interview. Then I share it to all these Chev pages that that I'm a member of, and that gets me a bigger reach for the podcast. Which you know, and so yeah, for me to like, she'll say to me, "Oh, did you see?" Even mum and dad, like they're on Facebook, she'll say, "Oh, did you see that photo your mum posted of this?" I'm like, "Nah, all I see is trucks." So, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, that's it. my wife's thing. She's always like, "Oh, did you like such and such photo or this and that photo?" Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't. Friended your sister and sister in law, and I'm like, I don't know, because I don't really follow anything they want, they're putting up there, and I don't, don't really want to follow it. I'm just there to buy and follow what I need to, to see or, or buy, you know? Yeah, it's become a tool. So, yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. And um, yeah, just between work and everything else, it's too busy, to be honest with you. So, when I'm on this sort of stuff, I'm, I'm just on there a quick surf just to see if there's anything that's come up, and then I'm off it, you know? And then, um, Spend a bit of time with the family and then off to bed and up again before the sun gets up, you know, so. Yep, daily grind. All right, mate. Well, look, hey, thanks again for uh, for chatting to us and, yeah, definitely look forward to catching up with you in the flesh at some stage. We'll have a beer and, and check out the truck and, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll post up some photos with this episode and, yeah, I think, I think uh, a lot of people are going to really love what you've done with the truck because I, you know, as we said, it, it it looks like that bed was made for it, and uh, yeah, I really love what you've done, mate. So great job. No worries, mate. Thanks for that. Appreciate it as well. If you need any more photos or something, just yeah, give us a hello. Put send them out there. Awesome. Thanks, mate. No worries, mate. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day Even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.